welcome to the X Factor Team Roping Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and go to xfactorroping.com. Tell me about where you grew up and when you kind of started roping and just how you, you know, basically how Luke Brown started out. Well, we started roping when we were, I was probably 10 years old, maybe, um, 10 or 12, I guess. My dad, uh, we always had horses. He grew up riding horses or whatever. And um, A couple of buddies had a roping club right down the road, and he took his horse down there one day and got to playing around, so liked it. And then I'd take my pony, and my brother would take his pony. And Anyway, there was a dozen people or so in this little roping club, and uh, he, my dad loved it. He had more fun than anybody, and uh, and so of course I liked it. He liked it, and uh, that went on for a couple of years. And uh, it was funny because we didn't have no horse trailer or nothing. My grandpa had a '67 Chevrolet truck with side planks on it. He'd haul his cows to the sale, and every Sunday we we'd go on Sunday afternoon rope and. My dad would load my brother's pony on the back of that truck and then load my pony and his horse and <laughs> right. back of the truck and we'd go rope and we'd find another and we'd back it up to the hill in the front yard and load them up and we'd find another hill when we got there and unload them and and then we got a trailer and uh i I've always loved roping I don't know why I just I didn't play with toys or play sports or nothing I mean roping's just been my thing and uh high school rodeoed and went to college for a year and amateur rodeoed and but all through high school what's crazy is is when i was in high school there was no number system it was you'd go to the jackpot and they'd have open open a draw and a pro am and i wrote just good enough where i wasn't an am but i wasn't good enough to open the open and uh i lost all the time i never won no money but i literally never give up i loved it i mean i would Mom and daddy gave me all the money they had, and I'd work every day after school just to get $40 a week to go to the roping on Sunday. And um, That's how we, we grew up, and, and uh, it was fend for yourself. I mean, it was uh, either you went and competed or you didn't go. I mean, right. they were $20 a man, enter up, and uh, I never won hardly nothing. But, but I always, uh, I, I loved the roping, and even... Even when I got it, like in the, uh, out of high school, and and I, I'd have to work or whatever, but I would drive everywhere to go to ropings and, and rodeos and lose like crazy, but I loved it. I mean, it was it was what what I did. It's what I wanted to always do, and but never dreamed that I'd be at this level. Just that's just what I want to do. And my brother, he he roped just as good as I did, but you know he he didn't love it as much as I did. He uh, he wanted to he wanted to work and do something else. Or he would be right here too. So that's kind of how we grew up. We uh, we healed each other's ponies in the pasture all day, and uh, we when we started roping, we had we started out on uh, Jersey cows and Holstein cows and with right. plastic horns, and uh, we built an arena when I was I guess I was probably about fourteen or fifteen. We built an arena and had a wooden chute for years. I mean, we just just loved the rope. No, it didn't. Nothing was material about it. We just loved it. And then, anyway, so we did that for a while. And then I went off to college and roped and lost. And went back home and went to work. And then, um, I was working one day and Tom Bourne called me and uh, asked me if I wanted to come head for him, which I thought he was the next thing, the best thing ever. You know, he was right. 
fresh out of making the NFR or whatever, and he was staying at home. And so I, I bought me a head horse that wasn't very good, and went down there and headed for him, and rode with him for a little while. And then I lived with Brad Culpepper for a little while, and rode with him, and and I lost. You know, it was all I could do just to get my fees paid, but we never stopped going whatsoever. Just loved the whole thing, and amateur rodeoed for a while, and um, once again we. Uh, I went to every jackpot. One year they had the, the first year they had the points deal where, you know, whoever had the most points in the open win 10,000. Well, I drove to Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Florida. There'd be 10 teams one day and six the next and drove everywhere just to get points, you know. But but that, I love that idea of getting to go rope at open roping and right. um, did that. En ended up winning it that year, but. I probably spent more than ten thousand doing it, you know, and uh, that was a, probably the highlight of my life till then, and uh, to get to do that. Because then when I got to the U.S. Finals, every major header in the world's there, you know. I'm sitting there looking at T. Woman like, oh my goodness, that's really T. Woman, you know. And I, I've seen him on TV, but never in person. And and um, uh, so then I, I went back home, worked for a little while, and and rodeoed and <clears throat> actually I was I was at home and, and I had been out west a little bit uh, been to some rodeos me and Nikki Simmons went some and I wrote with Travis Graves a little bit some went through some, the summer and stuff and York Gill had, had called and needing a partner for the winter rodeos and the kind of the theory from being back home is is the winter rodeos are shorter so it's more of our style of roping right so you you kind of go through the winter and if you do good and you was to get lucky then you might go in the summer um, if you don't do good you go home because that's when all the, the rodeos around home get kicked up so anyway I, I did that a couple of times and uh, York called and and I got to go to the winter rodeos with him and we ended up trying to go all summer and didn't have a very good summer I, I didn't rope very good and uh, <clears throat> Al Bach had called I, I'd Talked to Chad one day about it, and Al Bach was needing a partner for the for the fall. This is in 2007, and so he he called and, and said uh, he needed a partner for, just for the fall. He had already had the finals made, and uh, I was like, heck yeah! So uh, I went, and and luckily at the time when he when all this was going on, he had he had started up a a, a camp for kids, and it was a month long camp, and. Uh, so he asked me if I'd help out, and, and I was I was make sure all the steers were wrapped, steers were sorted, fed, and then turned steers all day. But I got to be a part of the whole program, you know, with with all of it. And uh, there was some really cool kids there. Paul Eves is one of them. I mean, he was uh, 17 maybe then, and uh, Andrew Ward, and and there was. A, a bunch of good kids there, but those those two are still roping. I right. mean, they're professionals now. But <clears throat> it was cool to see them back then, to they are now. You know, I mean, it was Paul's and mine. Like that was our break. I think um, getting to be around so many while we were there, Al had so many people that could rope come through there, and plus he had some really good pastors come through there, and it, the whole program just worked for me. It it being with him for a couple months and being able to categorize every, you know roping my relationship with the lord you know getting to learn exactly what what's important and what's not you know with my life and my roping too 
it, 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 it was a turning point for my roping. Plus, I lived with Chad Masters, and he just won the world. And I don't know if he had all the answers, but he could come up with some pretty good answers for me. <laughs> uh, he was on a high, too. So with having all that um, in my life and um, being able to, from what I learned, all those years of roping, trying to teach myself. You know, when, when I was growing up, there was no books. There was one book, Jake and Clay put out a book, and it was How to Rope. That's all it was, and it, you can still get it at Teskey's Day, but there wasn't any videos, there wasn't, uh, you just did it, you just roped. I mean, you just figured it out yourself, you know, and and um, so actually to see hands-on of what a professional does every day like Al did, I mean, he was the first guy that actually had a, when he woke up in the morning, he had a program for what they did that day. It's always just been roping, you know, like you worked at home, you work, and then when you get off, you're not too tired, you rope. And that was so huge, like this is really, what's well, what I want to do, I don't, I don't care. If I have to beg bar still, this is what I'm going to do, regardless. And um, so I kind of learned, learned uh, you know, I got my life in order right there of what it was that I wanted to do. And, and since then, man, it's just been completing the course. I mean, uh, I get up every morning and I rope, and before I go to bed at night, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow and I'm going to rope. You know, and I know where I'm headed. I know where I'm going. Uh, like I, I have bad days roping, like everybody. But now I have a, a kind of like a fundamental of. Even though it went bad, I pretty much know why it went bad, and I can fix it. Where for years and years before 2007, I didn't know how to fix nothing. I just had a bad day and got mad, and probably had another bad day. Um, but I, I think all that. What the important thing I, I would like to say about it is, had I not loved team roping so much and not um, went to all those jackpots and learned how to, to get to a point to where somebody, I could see what the right way was, like I could fix it, you know, like growing up losing and being okay with it and trying real hard. And then when finally, when it does click and uh, you can actually help yourself, uh, by being around it so much, um, I don't know if that's the best way to put it, but well, to me, uh, it's it's interesting because it, you can it gets pretty sh like jaded. Everyone hears about these big ropens and these rodeos, and that's kind of what they think is going on. But what I never realized till I got around Texas and me being from Idaho and spent a little time in Arizona is, you know, there's jackpots every day. I mean, uh, if not. Hmm three or four days a week, I mean, there really is. And, and uh, you know, one guy told me one time, he's like, I go to these to, to stay sharp, and that's how, you know, I continue to refine myself and, and keep getting better. And it's so interesting to see when you get around this area about how many jackpots there are and, and just how you can take your game to the next step because right. you're working on it. I mean, you're either you're getting beat up or you're winning. Right. And it's against the very best guys, so you kind of know where you're at, you know, what type of runs you're making, if if you need to to be smart, right. whatever, smarter right. or more aggressive. I mean, I remember I talked to you one time. I was like, man, I don't really know. I feel like I'm turning a lot, and you kind of gave me some advice on just being able to, you know, what I should do. And I know things like that have helped me out. And it's it's I think you said it perfectly when you're talking about being younger and going places and, and just kind of continuing to enter and stay going and, and that's that's a hard thing to do I, I think for 
for young guys or for anyone really. Right. So when you talked about the U.S. Open uh, that year, you won it. Was that kind of the first big open open that you'd went to, or? Yeah, uh, they used to have a, a open open in Alabama. It was the biggest east of Mississippi, um, and it was a huge open open. I mean, huge. The fees were like forty dollars a man, and they they'd have a thousand teams. I mean, it was. I, I can remember the first time I ever seen Speedy was there, and he was healing, and I think he might have been entered fifty times. You know, I mean, it was. <laughs> right. But I mean, it paid good, and and. Um, that was probably the the biggest open open I'd ever been to until <clears throat> the U.S. Finals. So we kind of talked about this earlier about nerves and stuff like that. But at that point, did you feel? When do you start to feel nerves, or did how did that kind of affect you being you know just kind of getting into your? I mean, the U.S. Open is one of the most prestigious yeah. opens. I mean, that was one of the first ones to be taped, and we all kind of knew about what. What goes through your mind, kind of going up into that point, maybe the couple of days before? Well, yeah, like any any big roping, uh, which I'm better about it now, but uh, for years, any big roping, and and there's a chance that you might can win. That much money is just, you know, it's life changing. Um, my big deal's always been, and I think it's from being younger and and going to so many ropings, and if and I've kind of always been the guy that if I could. As long as I got enough money to go to the next one, I had a good day. You know, like, it's never about trying to get ahead. It's just, I need money to go. We got to go Florida next week. I got to have $500 to do it. Right. Um, that's kind of been my whole mindset my whole life is uh, to, I just want to win enough to, to get to do what I want to do, you know, not. So anyway, when you show up at those big ropings and then, you know, like, you got to rope your tail off all day just to place. Uh, my mind would go out the door. I I would go to trying to do too much. You know, I've been practicing all week on catching, turning steer, whatever, and then get there, and then here you go. You got Clay trying and Chad and Speedy and T Woman. You're like, no, I gotta, I gotta get after this. You know, and then right. I end up missing the first one or whatever because I wasn't ready. But nowadays, I don't really get that way. And I think it has come from living here for ten years and going to so many jackpots. I mean, now you can sh you can go. And you can, I can show up to the rope and it almost tell you how how fast you're going to, have to be that day. You know, you look at the steers if they're older, if they're fresh, or if Caleb's riding a good horse, or you know, like Chad brought his colts or whatever. You know, and, and it's and then with being able to do that every day, almost you know, at least a couple times a week, when you when you do show up at a big open rope somewhere, um, you know, you know if you turn if you catch all the steers, the barriers long, steers are fresh. If you just go turn all your steers, you're going to win, you know, which I, I mean, I have great healers. So if I turn the cow, I'm going to win. It's my fault if I don't right. 90% of the time. So, but being able to go to Austin's jackpots and Ryan had jackpots and these inner one tropins to where um, if you complete the course, you win. It, it has made, uh, for me, it's made the bigger open so much easier because it is, what you do is good enough. You're there for what you do, and if you feel good about it when you get there, um, and you can complete your course, you will win every time. Right. You know, and it's the hardest thing in the world for me to ever learn was that. Like, you know, you get to watching other people, or, or just sitting over there waiting your turn, and Caleb draws a good one, or somebody draws a good one, and they crack it off, and they're they're five two, and you're thinking, man, I had to rope good today. You know. <laughs> 
it all yeah. works out. You'll draw right. that same cow one just like you. I mean, you'll you, you know you you'll make your own time up. You don't beat yourself. Just be yourself and rope rope as good as you can. It's it's always good enough. So you're you're kind of saying getting over the hump. Like that was one probably the biggest thing for you was getting in that atmosphere where you're jackpotting consistently and rodeoing consistently. Then you kind of there's no shock when someone makes a run you you kind of know you've built your run and you've got what you do in the practice pin and you right. take that to the ropings right yeah it's a and it, it's you know it's like can you imagine um being two guys back I, whereas i was talking to al about this morning but can you imagine being two guys back at the national finals and there's already three four flats right in front of you and and then the guy in front of you just hangs it on one of them, and then your game plan just goes all out the window. You know, like, I was going to ride my horse and turn the steer, but now, <laughs> what do I do now? Right. When when the steers are good, you know, and, and it's, it's like that every week. You know yourself, like, there'll be a, a team that's really hot one week, and then they'll cool off another week, and then they'll get hot again. And, you know, bottom line is, is, is you're, as good as you, you're as good as you are, and if you can do what you do, it's always good enough, every single time. If I stay true to myself, it's way more, you know, it's 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 way better when it's all said and done than trying to compete with everybody else at what they do. Right. You're not competing against right. the ropers there. You're competing against yourself and right. the steer that you've got drawn, and you're just using your horse and helping your healer out and using the steers you've got drawn, and, and that's kind of what puts right. it all together. So how old were you when you made your first NFR? Um... I guess 32, 32, 2008, yeah. And had you rodeoed full time, like gone throughout the summer before then, quite a bit? Uh, 2007, I went all year, <clears throat> and 2005, maybe I might have went through Cheyenne. I think. Right. So, tell me about that. Go, like you went to Cheyenne and then went home. Yeah. What's that like, kind of having that goal set of being out there rodeoing and and not being successful? How does that? What well, did that? What did that do for you? No, it it didn't. See, that's that's the thing is, I I never, until this day, I I really don't, I really can't believe I made the NFR one time, much less ten. So, for me, it was just getting to go and try. I mean, I always had a backup plan. I'm gonna go home and rodeo and get a job. I mean, I ain't, I'm not lazy, so I don't mind working or whatever. But money's never really been. Um, that big of a deal to me like I, I wanna I love roping just being there was good enough I mean of course I was disappointed because I didn't do no better than I did I mean I want to do better but as far as going home it was I mean that wasn't I done went further than I ever thought it would anyway I got to rope at Cheyenne right. you know so right. uh, so you're just talking you embrace the process basically you right. know you're, you're rodeoing and that's what you love to do and that's where you want to be and it, right. when you're not successful you go home and you just figure it Start out. Over. To, yeah, yeah, and just and it's not. There's no failure there. You're just learning, learning right. how to to improve and what you need to do and, and right. add to your game. So the next year you rodeoed out throughout the whole year. Two years later you rodeoed for the full year. Yeah. Is, that, is that what you're telling mm -hmm. me? And what did did you get close to making the finals that no, year? not even close. I my, I think I was 38th or 40th or something when the year was over. Right. But um, the thing that was crazy is, is we did okay that fall. I didn't rope great, but um, I was heading for out, so I was going to win something. Yeah. I had more money than I thought I would have, but uh, 
And then the same, but with with that whole fall and 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 being around that whole atmosphere, and the first rodeo started 2008 was Waco, and and back then it was just regular rodeo with the four header, and uh, I got lucky and and did pretty good there. And it seemed like from then on, um, with what I had learned my whole life, and and with the goal I had set for trying not to miss, you know. I, I was my whole goal was to not miss no more. I'm done. I'm not missing. Right. If I don't win nothing, that's fine. I ain't missing. And but back then they had way more short rounds. You know that they might have had 20 short rounds that whole year, 2008. Right. And I wrote with Monty Joe, and he never misses either. So I knew if I would turn the cow, we were gonna get a time, and we'd win whatever we won, and we won all the time. You know, but not much. You know, I didn't right. turn them fast enough. Uh, but when we did, we we won something almost everywhere we went, and that's how I made NFR that year, was trying not to miss. I never once tried to do anything um, fast or out of control. But it, you know, it's faster nowadays. Ten years later, it's way faster. Well, and there's more one headers right. now. Not, I mean, it's there's what one one rodeo that might be more than four. Is that and that's Salinas or something? Right. I mean, there's not many. If there is, like. So yeah, it's it's kind of evolving to that a little right. bit, but it still doesn't really change. You have to catch, right. and it's just it seems like guys have gotten a little better style as far right. as reaching and yeah. yeah. And and to uh, people, this this generation score really good. I mean, the barrier can be long and steers be a little bit strong, and it just seems like people just nail the barrier. Like they get good starts and and. And you know yourself, like the one headers that are fast, um, it's, it's not like a bombing session. It's like whoever gets the best start and is just ready to rope. Right. It's not where they're just actually coming across shoot, dropping three coals. I mean, it's it's all about getting a good start and and being being ready to rope. Yeah, I mean, if you look at there's a hundred teamer like Livingston or something like that, and the scores one or two foot over. Right. I mean, there's 50 good steers in there, right. and if you nail the barrier on one of them good ones, it's a it's a, just a good run, right. and it wins a couple thousand. Right. There'll be a couple lopers, and then there'll be a couple teams that just made a, the best run they probably are going to make all summer right. to win something, But right. and that's probably one of the toughest, tightest rodeos. Right. But yeah. It's different when you're from, you're not around everyone. Right. And so it's almost like, man, if you really do want to rope for a living, you need to be around the guys that rope for a living, and and it doesn't matter where they're they're at. You've got to get there. It just seems like there's more of them in this Stephenville area, right? And, and kind of get out there and jackpot, and like that's probably what helped you out the most is you were always entering and going. Right. And so as soon as one of those guys might need a run, you were able to find that. Or how how exactly did you go about it as far as getting those partners like that? Well, it, it, the same same uh, scenario was. Um, Really, the first uh, well, the the year that me and Travis, uh, the year me and Travis Graves rope, two thousand five, we did place at the BFI. <clears throat> I think we won fourth. I think so. That was that was by far the best thing I ever did because that's my favorite roping of all time. But um, two thousand eight, when I started roping, when I started rodeoing and was and was doing good, I I got to rope with Jade at the U.S. Finals that year. Um, and then wrote with him at the NFR, but me or him, either one. Monty didn't make it. He was 16th that year, and um, uh, Jay didn't have a partner either. So that's how we, I got to rope with him at the finals. And uh, but before that, he had said, "Let's 
let's drop it to US finals and I was like okay so that was my big chance like Jade Corkill DJ Corkill this is he's in his prime best thing right. in the world and um, sure enough we ended up winning third that year so that was the biggest hit I'd ever I think we won 21 grand for winning third that year and man I thought this is that's what I'm talking about here you know it's never be a four day again right. it's, it's over so that was kind of like that was what actually helped me more than anything was was him roping with me and and give me a chance to to do that and and since then man I've had great partners right. you know for the last 10 years and so I, that's that's one thing I do know is but but even like looking back before that when <clears throat> when I had partners that um you know were not name brand partners like best ever, healers ever the steers I missed I mean shoot if I'd have turned half the steers that I should have turned in well it probably it wouldn't have took me near as long it's 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 been totally my fault it took as long as it did I mean um if I was young could start over the the one thing I would do is I would learn how to never miss right um never in complete ownership of your roping right. that's the one thing I hear from you is if I didn't win enough it was my fault it is it's and, the bottom line and I think that that's that's one thing that ropers really need to understand is if you are saying something happened that is the reason you didn't win that means you're not in control right. to me. and if you're not in control then how, how are you gonna how are you gonna do what you want to do and right. so you have to be able to put yourself in that situation to at least to me where you it you feel like hey I, if I do my job the whole time I'll get where I want to go right. and if I don't then I got to go back and figure it out and yeah. that's that's really cool to hear as yeah. far as and and it's it, the, the last 10 years it, with Monty Martin Colin and now Jake every one of them are exactly the same they have never blamed me one time you know I have been very fortunate Right. And they have took the blame for them missing, but uh, I know good and well when you get to a, a eight or nine or above healer, and you do, and you do turn the steer and you do the best job you can, they're about ninety percent chance gonna get two feet. Right. You know, different healers, different spots. You know, might be the first hopper, third hopper, whatever. But bottom line is, if you turn the cow and you handle him decent, you're gonna get two feet, and live by, die by it that will make you successful. I agree. So the first time you made the finals, who did you make rope with at the NFR your first year? Jade. Was Jade? Yeah. And what did you guys do that year? We we did good. We won uh, we won a ton of money. I want to say like 80-something thousand that year or something. And that's really good. I mean, that was go-rounds were probably 16. 16 oh, they might have been 13, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. like, I mean, they'd be winning like 160,000 yeah. now, really. Yeah. So... You're 33, your first year you make the finals. You get a rope with Jade Corkhill. Right. Uh, I mean, that, that that's a big thing in itself, but to me what's crazy is, I, like those first kind of times I would be practicing with Jade, what was that like? Were you nervous going what's, to practice with him? Well, what's or? even funnier is we didn't even practice, but but we had buddied all year. Right. Uh, me and Monty and Chad and Jade, we had buddied all year long. and um, So we, we had roped together all year, but <clears throat> he had left. Uh, three or four weeks before the finals and went back to Fallon spent Thanksgiving and everything in Fallon and so I showed up a day earlier and we wrote we practiced one time but once again we had roped together all year we right. knew and and I and I knew that all I had to do was turn the steer I was gonna get you know it was me if I had a good and he was gonna catch and 
I didn't head great. I didn't miss it. Back then it was it was three loops. Mm -hmm. The last year it was three loops. Yep. And uh, actually, I think I missed one or two. I had to three loop them or whatever. And we ended up winning third and average and placing in some rounds. And uh, it was, man, I. Just been awesome. Oh, experience. yeah. It was great. He healed phenomenal. Right. But he heals phenomenal anyway. So, what what was that like for you as far as being at the NFR and kind of, I mean, were there any black spots in the runs, or were you able oh, to kind of? It still is, but the 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 very first year I run in there, <clears throat> I remember waking up that morning, and I bet I had fifteen or twenty um, voice messages and like fifty texts, <laughs> and it was everybody from back home, right. you know. Um, it hit me right then. I can't do this. I, there's no way. I, I cannot get on TV tonight. I'm going to miss. You know, like, right. I can't do it. I'm not doing it. All day long, I was so scared about it. And uh, Sure enough, I ride in the box, turn around. My steer looks like he's a gorilla, you know. He's so huge. And, and like, the way when you go in there, to me, it, like, uh, it seems like they got all the lighting just right on the arena. So it's just like it's big old you know white spot and the box feels like it's uphill and it's just I mean it's nerve-wracking anyway and I remember riding around and I walked in there and backed up and the only thing anybody's ever told me about it was do not be late do not you cannot break the barrier if you do the steer just didn't start good enough don't be late so I'm back in the box and I'm thinking I ain't gonna be late you know I, I got to go and I I nod about like that and just take off, and the gate man's just looking at me. And I thought, "Oh my goodness, you got a nod, Luke. You got to give him, but he can't see that. You got a nod." And uh, so I turn back around. And I'm now I'm thinking, "Give him a good nod. Make sure you nod good." Now, so I'm back in there and I nod real good. And next thing I see is when I it's all a blur anyway, you know. And is I see the tail of just I'm so late. Right. And the steer's halfway down the arena. I'm running down there a long ways and reach and get him around the neck and I think we're like seven or eight or something and <clears throat> scared to death and I ride out the back and you, it's a fine if you drop your rope and I just drop my rope and like oh my god what, what did I just do you know and, uh, the most nerve-wracking thing I've ever been through in my life first round of the NFR and I still get very nervous very very nervous it is very when you're 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 next to go and it just seems like they're hollering and everybody's hurry up hurry up they're you know and, and you're looking up there and all them people it's it's a it's a cool feeling what do you, what do you kind of think about what's your mindset going into that one man like i say you can run and, and i run which you know like growing up uh like i said growing up roping there really wasn't any uh we didn't have any help nobody around there did i mean it was just roping so so in order to get better, you just run more steers. And that's kind of way I've always been my whole life is just the more steers I run, the better prepared I feel, whether you know, whether it's right or wrong, that's right. just how I feel. So I run so many steers at home before then, 100 a day sometimes at home before we go. 100 a day? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, we rope a lot. That's, that's it a kind of like now, it's, with it being a week away, things kind of get more, you know, steers are tired and horses are tired, so... You, you got a better feel for it so you don't run as many you know right. we usually run like 40 or 50 but um the, you can't prepare for that feeling i mean when you ride in the box it's just like 
And and I only thing I try to do is keep myself aggressive and not being so scared that I'm not uh, that I'm late or I I don't catch. You know, like if I keep try to keep myself aggressive to leave and then make sure I catch him. Other right. than that, I don't I can't hardly. Just, I mean, you can't think about it. I mean, you can't. Right. I mean, you, it's got to be natural. You, I did it so many times before I get there till if what I did ain't good enough, then we're in trouble because I ain't think, I can't. Right. You can't think that fast. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a crazy feeling to even think about and just in all 10 rounds because it's something that, like, I mean, you see guys that will go out there and just have rough NFRs. Been there. And that seems like the end of the world i mean I, I feel like you see that happen to guys and there's just no coming back from it for a right. while like it takes some it takes them a while uh what was your worst nfr you had oh man i wrote one year i wrote terrible for i had a bad nfr with martin and colin uh i think i might have missed i don't know two or three a piece and the ones i turned wasn't very good either you know i've had some pretty some pretty good ones but man when like you said when it starts off wrong Right. And it can happen to anybody. <laughs> you can, you know, you can prepare. But it's just like, it's just like rodeo. And, you know, one week's good, one week's bad, and you need it to be a good week when you get there. Like have things kind of go your way to, because right. uh, it can, it can just as easily go. I mean, I've seen the best headers in the world not have good finals. Best headers ever been. Oh sure. So, I mean, it's and, just and on the best luck. You need some luck. Draw the right ones. Right. Yeah, absolutely. How many times have you won the average now? Three. Three out of ten. Mm -hmm. And how many have you placed in the top two or three a couple other times? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've only really had two really bad finals. Uh, one year I think I won uh, maybe I think nineteen thousand one year, and then I won thirty thousand another year. Right. But I mean, <clears throat> I haven't. Uh, I've been pretty lucky to get through them like that well what's cool is it's just like it doesn't matter if it's good or bad you get home i'm sure you're gonna take a couple of days off because it's I feel yeah. like a guy's gonna be pretty wore out but you're you're always back at it and yeah. running steers and just and just a i mean it's like you've just adopted this thought process and mindset that you know where you do love roping and competing it's just always moving forward right. you know and you just either uh you're probably just trying to get the most out of when you're when you have bad days you just try to correct it and improve on it you know right. so it's not really isn't a bad day at the end yeah, of it's you, know? Not, you know it's not not that big a deal everybody has to work i mean my dad's worked his whole life i mean he's 63 years old now and he still works every day and and i i kind of have the same mind frame where even though it's, I had a good NFR, a bad NFR, good summer, terrible summer, it's just a job that I love to do. I mean, I've loved it my whole life, and and luckily right now I get to do it for a living. And until it, I mean, until I can't do it anymore, that's what I'm gonna do. And, but I, I need to treat it like a job. Right. Get up in the morning, um, rope, practice, no matter what, and and keep it where it's you know where I'm trying hard. Drive all night, go to the jackpots, all the jackpots I can get to, and keep competing and I mean but, but I love doing it so it, right. it's it's, an, it's easy for me to do it so. well and that's the one thing that we like you know we've talked with Austin and there's a lot of these ropings around here that they have the high percentage payback and they let you you know you go to rope for usually about 150 to 300 right. a man you get the 80 percent payback and 
I think what a lot of people don't realize is there's a lot of money to be made just right. there. I mean, I've there's young kids. Like, uh, I got to be around Wesley Thorpe a little bit, and I was just amazed at how he truly wrote for a living. Like, that was... Right. I, that was crazy to me to see a young kid in a spot where he's a 10 healer against the best healers, best headers, and, and he was figuring out how to, to win against these guys right. and, just, and just grind against the, the best guys in the world. And I mean, can you kind of take me through that as far as what you try to do as for the jackpots and stuff that aren't necessarily the, your name brand, right. BFIs and stuff like that. Do you have horses for that? And do you kind of have, I don't know, an amount of the money that you're trying to win, but I know that it's it's almost as right. good as rodeoing, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is good. And and I, uh, what's funny is is I don't I have a terrible memory, I, worse than anybody, but I do remember back when, when uh, I lived with Brad Culpepper for a little while, and we would go to two or three rodeos a weekend or whatever, but I remember him telling me that, his goal was to clear $500 a week. You know, that's just like, oh, I mean, that was 20 years ago, but right. that's just like making a paycheck, you know. Mm -hmm. So every week I try to keep it um, with that frame of mind. If I could go to a jackpot and and put up $300 and win 1000 and clear $700, that's a pretty good paycheck right. for most people in the, in the world, you know. Right. Try to keep it on that. So, I, so when I do go, I try to take at least a good enough horse to where I do have a decent chance, and um, and ride a you know a, a horse like that, and 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 go with the thought of if I could clear five hundred or thousand dollars a day, that'd be a good day's work. So, yeah. I mean, I remember right around Guyman, I think three years ago, like I Clay had those two horses that were just lights out, and he had you know, the couple of the best healers, and it just seemed like he'd won 25000 in two or three weeks that no one even knew about, right. like, it, outside of that area that ropes. And I, I think it is so important to to understand that and how the jackpots can be so good. And, and you know, the, the one thing, I, I've talked to some people about this, and you, you kind of hear about the, the bigger open rope and stopping, and, and I think that, like, us as open ropers need to keep things in perspective and I, and I and I mean that from what the producers are doing for you and the effort that they put in and how much money they're making or probably losing to put on open ropes and and really understanding that it might just be a thank you at the end of the day or yeah. you know and and follow your lead and guys like your lead that have really kind of set the tone for creating these good relationships with the producers and you know, and then it, it ties into stuff with sponsorships and, and companies that sponsor these ropings, and that that's kind of what helps it go. Is right. it's it's really showing love to the people that are that are supporting you. You know, right. I mean, I, I don't know. Do you what do you think about that as far as? Well, I know that I mean, there's no way I could have built my house without the open roping. I mean, even though I I'd made the NFR, um, it takes so much money to rodeo all year long you know and then and then so the nfr is kind of what gets it back and then gets you a bonus but uh 2010 i had a really good year jackpot and a really good year i think i might have won like 100 and something thousand or something there's no way i could have built my house you know even started without that it has been 
crucial these last 10 years, the jackpots. I mean, rodeo's great. NFR's even better last couple of years because it pays so much more, but um, to make a living open, you gotta have open opens. I right. mean, and you gotta win at them. You gotta, you gotta, to have an okay year, you still gotta do good at one open open. And with, with losing the couple that we did this year, it's it's a big deal. And it, and it, and it is very, having them opens is very appreciated by the people that make a living open. Um, to to say that it won't be missed is that's terrible because it, it, it's until somebody steps up and and uh, figure something out. I mean, it's going to be a big deal for everybody. Right. And it's it's sad because, like I said, it it is life changing for people. I mean, winning the BFI, winning the George Strait. I mean, it probably doesn't seem like it to a lot of guys, but I, I placed at the Strait, and not even that good. And, and at Houston, it was the first time I'd ever been to Houston, and it was the first time I even made it back at the straight, and I was able to place at both ropings. And I just remember thinking, man, I, I just had a twenty-five dollars or $30,000 week, and it, it's, it, I mean, it was a life changer right. for me. I mean, yeah, I don't have a lot sure. in bills because I'm, I'm pretty young and I've been lucky so far with some things, but, man, it's, it, it is, uh, it's sad to see that, like, that's not going to be there this year and these other ropings, but... It makes me think, man. You know what? What got these ropings to where they were? And and I think it is relationships with ropers and these people that want to support open ropings and be a part of that community. And I, and I think that that's where you, you know, you have to be careful about how how we act and how we we conduct ourselves at, at these ropings because most of the time we're not winning anyways. I mean, the the win percentage is pretty low for. Right. I mean, I don't know what yours is like, but. I mean, I, I would say an average good team roper is about 25 to 30 percent, right. and so that means one out of every four you're you're winning it, right. and the other three they're watching you lose. And right. I think those guys that can be classy and handle themselves really well that that is so important. I I'll never forget this one one time. My dad told me he he just won the lucky seven, and you know it was one of the bigger ropings for our area, one of twenty thousand or something. And he tells me he's like. You know, winning's easy. Anyone can win and be a gracious winner, but losing and being a gracious loser is a hard thing right. to do. And uh, I think we, I think that that's some things that just guys that are wanting to rope need to be aware of. Is right. who you know, there's probably someone watching at all times, and there's people out there that that want to support them. And I think you gotta you gotta give them a reason to do right. that. Yeah, I, I agree. I I know that. Uh, the team roping world, for the most part, is a great bunch of people. I mean, you can't, it, with the way the world is now, um, the team ropers are friends, and they are good people. I mean, there's not one guy that won't help you out when you need to. And and there ain't very many sports that can say that, you know. And, and uh, with with that being said, uh, we, we do need to be more thankful for what people have done for us, you know, and, and what they're going to do for us in the future. Uh, there's people got great ideas about uh, open ropings and, and doing different things. And um, I, 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 of course, I'm biased on this part, but uh, I think without the open roping, um, there's not nothing to look forward to. I mean, I, I can remember being a kid, just like I said before, seeing Clay, Clay Cooper or seeing Speed Williams rope was like highlighting my life to them. It's inspiring, and it's no different today. Right. I mean, to to get to watch Jake Long hill one down and 
you know, or Caleb come, you know, it's just being a kid, especially from back east, you don't get to see it unless you're at the open roping. And uh, it is something to build to. It is something, if you want to make a living uh, with your rope, then that's where you learn from is, is getting to see those people compete and see how life-changing it is for them. And if they all go away, then I, I don't know. I guess it it could be a just an amateur sport. I mean, I don't I don't know. Well, and but. it makes it, it makes it hard because who teaches the sport at that point? Right. You know, twenty years from now, who teaches the sport if professionals are kind of dying down? And I, I think it's just it it's like <laughs> a, a circle of life <laughs> roping. You know, there's right. so many things that feed into it, and there's there's guys that want to just World Series jackpot and, and do some stuff like that and. They're going to spend a little bit on lessons and, and learning, right. and they want to improve and get better. But they got they've got jobs, and and you know, and that's great. But at the same time, it's it's got you know it's gotten big enough, and it's you're right about the community. It's such a great community, it is. It is. and and to be part of it and support it all, it just it's really cool. So you just hope that you know yeah, people can kind of keep giving back, and you know, and just understand that all working it all works together yeah and, it's, and it's and it really which being friends with austin um really good friends with austin i get to hear the producer side of the good and the bad and, right. and everything and and he he's so good about all of it anyway but uh he wants to have open ropings he liked he would rather have a big open roping than he had any ropings uh, it runs faster it's smoother um Payout's always bigger. Fees are a little higher. We're good with paying a little higher fees, and uh, you know he's so there. There is people that want to have open opens. There is right. there is there is still a huge future for it. I agree, and and it's just like Austin's the perfect example to me because you go to one of his opens, and he'll ask the headers what to set the score at, right. and he tries to you know he's I mean he tells me he's like I like stronger cattle. Because it makes for an even roping. Because right. these guys are roping so good. If you've got the score set short, the cattle will get uneven. The ones right. that get missed get stronger, and the ones right. that get caught get get slower. And all of a sudden, and he, I mean, he's doing the little things like that, you know, trying to have the good cattle, and and then asking you guys what you want to pay for fees, what you want right. the ropings to pay back. I mean, he'll he'll go out there and hunt sponsors down, and and it's been great because he's had good sponsors at his ropings, and then on top of it, you guys support these companies that sponsor right. him, and. And that's and I mean he really has created a great model of how to duplicate open ropings and you know when the fees go higher you go to a lower percent right. payback or higher percentage payback right. so and he's just I mean he's all about fair you know he right. deserves to make money at what he's doing and he he creates an atmosphere where the the guys that want to rope for a living can rope for a living right. and I think that's so cool to see yeah he he really has done that like he's had and he's he's off you know if you want higher fees then I'm gonna take out less money. You know he he has been really good about about that kind of stuff, but I, I don't think that uh, I think that the only thing that I don't really like with the open ropings now is the 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 misconception of higher fees. We don't really want higher fees to make it pay better. You know, it's not about you know it's a big difference in if it's you know you go put up five hundred, you go put up twenty five hundred. You lose that hurts. I mean right. I, we would if if we would rather put up the 500 to rope for and have everybody come and rope for what it's going to pay. I would versus putting up 2500 and having half the people and it pay the same thing. And if you lose, you lose 2500. You know, I think there's a little bit of misconception of of um, 
open ropers will pay more because they want to rope for more money. When if there's not if there's not money to be added to it, then that's fine. We'll go rope for you know. Sure. It's still just another roping. It's not right. Uh, a huge deal that they don't pay twenty thousand. I mean, well, it's a job. I but, mean, well, and you you think about it. There's a there's a couple aspects that go into that too because it's it's like me that. I'm, I'm probably not going to make a ton of money at open ropings. I, I can kind of just keep it a break-even deal. But if I go drop 2500 that right. hurts yeah. really bad. Yeah. But I can go pay my dues for 500 five times and feel right. feel pretty good about right. it. And if I can hit once or twice, yeah. then I, I'm money ahead. But, you know, it's it's real hard to, to do because there's so many, like, I, I mean, I don't. I mean, I'll do the BFI and some ropings like that where you get you gotta go because they right. pay so good. Right. But you know the the idea of the higher high fees is like over a thousand. It just that gets yeah. to be pretty. Well, spendy. I think that's that's a lot of the reason why the numbers are down. Right. Is because I mean I can imagine me back in the day um, trying to come up with twenty five hundred. It ain't gonna happen. I mean, I can just get five hundred. So I, I think a little bit of that that's kind of hurt. The open rope, and I think you need to kind of go back and be realistic so that more teams can come, uh, people can afford to lose that day, you know. I mean, because when you sometimes when you enter the open rope, and you know, everybody's there and they get two or three runs with the best partners, I mean, it's tough, it's hard, dude. It sucks, sometimes. But, <laughs> but you gotta, I mean, you gotta do it. I mean, yeah. to get to get to where you want to go, you gotta, you gotta partake in it, and um. As far as like, and, and there's there's so many sponsors that love team roping too. There's nothing better than watching the short round of George Strait. I mean, it's awesome. short, watching the short round. I mean, there is a highlight to the open roping when it gets down to the last ten teams of, and when they're battling it out. I mean, there's not a better roping to watch the right. U.S. Finals. Well, I remember talking to uh, to Wesley Thorpe about that at at the George Strait, and I remember my mentality was. I wanted to just go rope my steers right. and and try to if I drew good then maybe towards the second or third steer you try to win the roping right. and I did I drew one that went left and we were long five on him and and then drew one that was we just were mid five and had to be you know we could just place at that point and then I get around guys that like the true professionals that are day in and day out and I mean he I mean I remember him throwing very, very fast on his second steer, and it was to be in the top four or five calls. And right. His goal is to win that roping. Win that truck, yeah. And and that was the same thing. If you watched Derek and Clay this year and Trevor, Trevor was trying to win that roping this right. year. There was no – he was not going for second. Right. And um, and that is – you don't get to see that, and you don't get to see that out of the open ropers right. when they're – the biggest money's up. They're not afraid to lose thousands of dollars while they're trying to win hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And, and that just seeing that mentality and that out of right. lots of guys, it's crazy. It really does teach you a lot about right. where where roping is at right now. Right. Yeah, that's that's a like losing the George Strait in the wildfire. Like I said, I mean, you, even when you go out of the roping, you still stop. You stay and watch the mm -hmm. the short round. I mean, it is it is the most intense thing you can watch, which is like that and. The World Series Finals, you know, and the, all them numbers, and everybody wants to watch short round. And, right. Um, but still, I, I still think there's a this, for the future of the kids and the and the future of team roping and everything. I still believe the open roping to make a living and to make better uh, 
team ropers, you can't do it without the open roper. I agree. You got to learn to score. You got to learn to ride. You got to learn to reach. I mean, for the future of team roping, it, it, open roping's huge. So that's that's pretty interesting to think about. If if you could talk to either a kid that that's kind of starting out roping and wanting to, that has that same passion for it that you had when you were young or his parents, what would you tell them to do and how to go about it as far as, what would you recommend to that, that kid on how to how to become a professional? What well, would you tell them? There, there was a kid here last week. Uh, he's he's 13 years old and he's a, he's really big for his age and he ropes really good. And he, and I hadn't seen him in a couple months and, and uh, He's been roping and by himself or whatever, and and he he ropes pretty good. And and with being able to get better with his roping, he had lost all the other aspects of when he when he left here. He was he was pretty handy on his horse, and then when he come back, he was really ropey and and not riding a bit. Right. And so I fussed at him all day about riding. You know about every there's so much you got to do in all of it, but if you leave one thing without the other, it doesn't work in the end. You got to ride and you got to be able to rope. So you you have to keep if he's roping good and he ain't riding, then you gotta go back. If he's if he's running too far, then you gotta get on him back. You know you gotta stay in the perspective of the whole thing works together and um, making mistakes, fix them, go back. Uh, right. Catching's huge. I mean, whoever catches the most wins. I mean, Martin always said, uh, if you if you got a time, you got a chance. So you gotta catch. You got you gotta have a good enough fundamentals and with all the stuff going on now I mean with all the videos and the great team ropers this this uh, talked about team roping on social media and everything you can come up with a pretty good plan to to catch I mean there's, there's it's not like it was when we were young where you just figured it out you know now you can you can pick somebody you like and watch their fundamentals and and everybody has a, a fundamental that works and and figure out your fundamental that that lets you catch and, and go from there. Right. Just figure out how it all works together and right. keep for it, you. keep it working together for you. For you. Yeah. No, nobody's, uh, there's no two people ropes the same. Right. But their end results are always pretty close. So absolutely. So one is to each his own, I guess. Was there ever a deciding factor? Like what, like a game changer for you that in your mind or physically with your roping that got you to the point where you were, you felt like you were a competitive good header to a header that would win consistently and basically roping for a living. Um, yeah, I, w I would say that the, what changed in my life was was I figured out how to ride my horse. Um, where I quit trying to win so much with my rope and I learned how to go to the steer and catch him. You know, like... Uh, being from back home, everything's really fast, and so you don't use your horses near as much as you should. And when you, but to get out here and to make a living, you got to ride your horse. You got to ride your horse completely till you face. You never stop riding your horse. Right. Keep let him help you catch the cow, instead of just trying to rope the cow from where. And when I figured out that I need to ride my horse before I learn, before I worry about roping, then my roping changed completely. Well, perfect example. BFI high call. How fast you have to be? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember. Like, wasn't it like a long seven? Yeah, or, it like, was. Long, it w I mean, yeah. it was a pretty. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was just a catch run yeah, yeah. for how how much did it pay to win the BFI? Sixty grand. 
that was just straight up business right. at yeah. the end of the day it really was that was that was all horse i mean that 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 horse worked so good all day and and jake healed phenomenal but um mainly it was it was i rode my horse all day long i never once never once through before i got there i kept him moving through the corner best i could and and it, the whole goal that whole roping was just and most of, and most open ropings are like that if i ride my horse good and and not worry about the roping the roping's natural if i got problems with catching then i need to get up to dummy and fix it it's i don't have to think about that but if i ride my horse and i keep my energy good through my legs and and my head up and swing be aggressive then it seemed like it always works out right